church family, we're so excited to be entering into this time of prayer and fasting together. You know, since we launched this just a few weeks ago now, this has kind of exploded like wildfire. And uh, I'm just going to tell you that we just feel that God is just moving this and, and spreading this like across Canada right now. We are seeing multiple churches, uh, over 25 have joined us directly, and we, we don't even know how many churches have decided to parallel this, but we stopped counting, and we're just letting the Holy Spirit move like a wildfire. I just want you to know that you are part of a national prayer movement right now, this 40 days of fasting and prayer. It is so exciting uh, to see what God is doing, and uh, you can be part of that, and I can be part of that. If you still haven't signed up at uh, www.40daystand.ca, just let Michaela know if you need some help, and she's at admin at tfhchurch.ca. Let her know where you want to sign up, what days that you want, whether it's the mornings or the evenings and what days there. She'll help you get that loaded onto the calendar if you don't have access to a computer. So incredibly awesome. We're just so excited. We had a couple questions come in that I want to clarify before I start preaching today. A couple questions about this this uh, time of fasting and prayer. No, I, I, you know, I just wanna, I want you to understand we are not calling the church to stand against the government. That's not what I uh, entailed or said. If that was interpreted that way, then we just wanna clarify that. We are actually calling us to stand with the government, to stand for Cama, uh, Canada, and to stand against this pandemic and how it's being managed and, and, and what's happening. Because I'm gonna tell you, we cannot govern out a disease but we can govern it by the power of the kingdom of God. This is why this prayer time is so critical and so important. So absolutely, we're standing with our government and uh, believing God for freedom to come across this nation. But we understand that they can't manage this without the power of the kingdom of God. Also, we had some questions about uh, the video that uh, Doug Fraser shared so passionately last week about his 40-day journey uh, going through covid that was in no way to create a manipulation to cause people to fear. That was not the intent. The intent was that we would understand this is a real disease that needs to be managed by the power of the kingdom of God. So we just wanted to clear that up and we welcome your questions. We'd rather answer those questions than have them kind of linger in your mind. So we're very excited by this time of prayer and fasting. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. And I'm going to tell you, I'm so excited. This, this is an amazing day in the history of the church. Most theologians, if not all of them, would agree that this is the birth of the church because of what happened on Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after uh, Jesus' resurrection from the dead is where we get the word Pentecost from. Uh, this, is, this is where the church started in the incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the lives of the believers that really caused the church to grow from 120 to add over 3,000 people to, to the church that one day. And then from there, the church has become the largest uh, power force of uh, the kingdom of God across this globe for the last 2,000 years. And so this is an incredible thing. We need to understand what's happening here. You know, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, uh, verse 4, this is what Jesus said. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
understand something, church. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And for 40 days, the Bible records, he, he taught the disciples. And 40 is a significant number. It talks about, about testing and completion. And then he said, wait for this gift that I'm about to give you. And for 10 days, they were in a prayer meeting. And 10 is also an incredible number of, of testing and perfection, which adds to 50. And 50 is an incredible Bible number. That's talking about the year of Jubilee, the year when all debts are canceled, the year when new beginnings start. If you were a slave, you were set free. This is an incredible story. And this is what happened 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and baptizes the church. And that just means immerses them. It's really talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming upon the church. And, And that anointing is to set them apart for ministry, to set them apart for God and for his kingdom purposes. And I'm going to tell you, we all need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our life. And what we're going to find out today is that anointing comes And that anointing is really about a partnership with God, really about his presence being with us. It's really about a power that comes from the kingdom of God to live within us and upon us and sets us on the purposes of God. That's what we're going to look at today. See, the anointing comes to help us to live a kingdom life in the kingdoms of this world. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand something, church. This is not a Pentecostal thing. This is a kingdom of God thing. This is an every church believes in the need for the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist. It doesn't matter if you're Lutheran. It doesn't matter if you're Pentecostal. Everybody agrees that we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Just listen to this word from Ephesians chapter 5. This is for the entire body of Christ. It says, so be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably and with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have, di- you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. You know, I, this isn't a sermon about don't drink wine. This, this is what he's talking about is he's saying, don't get drunk on the things of this world. Literally, in the, in the Greek language, what he says is don't get inebriated or drunk on the things of this world. Get inebriated and drunk on the things of God. Be filled, be made overflowing, be so full of the Holy Spirit, his power and his potential in your life that it literally transforms you and transforms the world around you. Listen to me, church. Hallelujah. You are overcomers, and you are now anointed to live in the kingdom of God and to bring the kingdom of God to the kingdoms of this world. And that's what this sermon is going to really be about today as we talk about this on Pentecost Sunday, the anointing that covers overcomers, and this is a powerful thing. Let's pray together, and uh, let's open up the Word of God and really find out why you and I are anointed as overcomers today. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit today. Thank you for this day of Pentecost. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, Father, that you've given us so that we can live in the kingdom of God in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. God, I pray now that you just baptize your church afresh and anew in the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, give us eyes to see now, ears to hear, hearts to receive and respond to you. Lord, help us to be fully open to what you would have for us today. And God, thank you for the beginning of our 40 days of fast. 
starts on this day, Pentecost Sunday. Wow, wow, wow. We're so thankful. Bless our time together now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, the very first thing that I want you to understand about the, the infilling or the anointing of the Holy Spirit that God wants to place on every believer, every overcomer, the first thing is that this anointing is about the presence of God. This anointing is about a partnership with God. This anointing is about the proximity that you and I can have to the, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords through the power of His spirits, uh, through His Spirit, sorry. So listen to me, church. The disciples are, are reeling. They're reeling in this story we're about to read because Jesus has just told them that he is leaving. He's no longer going to be with them. And, and their hearts are broken. And, and I want you to just step into this now. After they kind of receive this news, this is what Jesus says. John chapter 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. Wow. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Jesus saying, you know, you, you have your best friend, Jesus. You're hanging out with him every day for three years. The disciples are doing life together with Jesus. And he says, guys, I'm about to leave. You're not going to see me anymore. But then he says this incredible thing. But don't worry. It's actually good that I'm going. Because I'm going, I'm going to give you the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to come and dwell in you and upon you and spill out over you into this world. And, and you know, God is saying to us, church, you know, you ever longed, like I think about the fact I'd love to be one of Jesus' disciples and see him face to face. Can you imagine Jesus saying, you know what, that doesn't even matter because there's something even greater that I want to give you, which is the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. That you can have this counselor, this comforter, this one who's within you, helping you. I mean, incredible. I love, I love the thought of, of what the counselor's name means. It's the paraclete or the paracletos, which means one who stands beside us, strong to defend us. He's our legal, our attorney of heaven, and he lives within us. He's our friend, our comforter, our counselor. Wow, what a relationship we can have with God. Church, I want you to understand the infilling, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is an anointing of the love of God. It's a baptism in the presence of God himself. So grateful for this powerful, powerful Holy Spirit. You know, you need to know that you are loved by God, church. You know, it's an incredible thing in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 16. It talks about, that we be strengthened through the power of the Spirit in our inner being. And, and, and it's really talking about that the entire body of Christ will be strengthened through this relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we're going to receive this understanding. And it talks about, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, the love of God for you and the love of God for me, and that you might know this love that surpasses knowledge. 
So incredible is the love of God. So incredible is the acceptance of God. You have one who stands beside you, who is partnering with you. You are anointed as overcomers with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he is literally baptizing you and I in the love of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your acceptance. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are for us, God, and not against us. And you know, we need that baptism, guys, because you understand there's a draw on the life of God within us. There's a pull on us continually. This world demands of us. It pulls on us. And we need to be constantly refilled with the love of God. And that's a beautiful and an incredible thing for you and I to understand. This is the partnership of the Holy Spirit that God is offering to you and to me. This is the purpose of Pentecost. Jesus, just before he died in John 16, says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome. Thank you, thank you, God, that you've overcome and you've placed the power of the overcomer within each one of us so that we can overcome. So that's the first purpose of this anointing of the Holy Spirit is this incredible baptism of the love of God, this incredible partnership that we're offered But the second part of this baptism, this anointing, is the power of God. Let's read about that in Acts 1.8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. Power for what? Well, number one, power and courage to share the story of God. That's the first part of this. You know, after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, the believers are gathered and, and they're in the locked room. Remember, they're, they're hiding, they're, they're afraid, they're scared because their whole world's been shaken. But now they're starting to gain a little bit of strength and trust and they're waiting on God in that, in that upper room and they're praying and suddenly the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift that God promised, begins to baptize them. I mean, you can read about this in Acts chapter two. It's an incredible story. Make sure that you jump into that. And something happens, an explosion of the power of God so floods those, those get believers that are gathered in that upper room that suddenly, you know, they're all gathered and they're, they're, their whole focus is inward and suddenly the baptism, the power, the anointing of the Spirit comes and boom, they're outward now. Suddenly they move from being centric to being radic. And radic means leading out from a source. And this is what God's intention was. There was a power to now become witnesses in this world. And of course, you know the story. They spill out onto the streets. They're, they're, they're speaking the, the known languages of the world that time. And over 3,000 people are added to the church that day. 3,000, guys. Can you imagine a church of 120 growing by 3,000 in one day? Wow. This is the story of what happens. It's an incredible thing. I mean, and then a few days later, and the Bible says that now, now Peter and John are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're, they're, they're on fire, basically. Remember, it's just an incredible thing. And they're, they're, they're walking into a prayer meeting, and there's a, a crippled guy on the side of the road, and the guy's begging for alms. And, and Peter turns to him, and in the power of the Spirit, the Bible says, in the power of this anointing, he turns to him and he says, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give it now to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. 
boom, the guy gets healed. He stands up and walks. It creates this huge like, uproar and stir because people are amazed at what's happened. And, and you know, for their, their trouble, Peter and John are arrested by the religious leaders. So now they're in prison. <laughs> the next day, they are brought out of prison to stand a little bit of a trial, find out what's going on with them. And that's where our story picks up in Acts chapter 4. You're not going to have this on your screen, but, but I just want to share the story. So Peter and John are brought before the religious leaders. Check this out. And, and they're, you know, they're terrifying. This is like the leaders of the nation. They're brought before them. And the Bible says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, full, the anointing of God upon him. He speaks to the leaders and he says to him, says to them, you know, rulers of the people, if we are being called to an account for an act of kindness that was done to a crippled man, then know this, it is by the power of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, that this man has been raised up. And he basically calls them to a faith in Jesus Christ, which is incredible. And I love the story. This is in Acts chapter 4. At the end of the story, they look at him, and this is what the Bible says. When they saw the courage of Peter and of John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Isn't that good news for us unschooled, ordinary men? <laughs> that the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit can cause us to rise up and to declare the wonders of God, to call the world to faith in God. And I'm going to tell you, church, listen to me now. Don't get mad at what I'm about to say, okay? This isn't about rhetoric. This isn't about spilling your anger on the internet or on your Facebook posts. This is about the power of God being so real that it arrests the people around you and captures their attention and pulls it towards God. Do you understand there's a courage and a power that comes upon these people? In other words, to share the story of God, which is the hope of the world. But it's not only a power to share the story, church. It's a power and courage to be the story. See, it's very interesting, and I've shared this with you in the past. The word witness, you know, when he says, Jesus said, you're going to get a gift. He's going to help you to be the witnesses. He's going to, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you, anoint you with my spirit. You're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Jumeria, Samaria, uh, you know, th to the ends of the earth, to, to Bonacord, to Rochester, to, to Sturgeon County, to, to Edmonton, to St. Albert. It doesn't matter. God is saying, I'm pouring out my spirit upon you to be my witnesses. And that word witness is an interesting word. It means martyr. It's the Greek word for martyr. And, you know, I, what he's saying, what he's saying is this, uh, you know, you are going to be those who die to self to display the glory of God in this world. This isn't talking about you and I lining up to be martyred on a cross or martyred in some other way, though that does happen. What this is talking about is you and I laying down a self-centered life, that there is coming a courage and a power and anointing upon your life and upon my life to lay down our self-centered life and to form a God-centered life. Do you know, church, right now, that in, in, the, in this world right now, and even in the church, the Bible warns us that at the last days, the love of most will grow cold. Church, we are seeing the love of, of so many people growing cold, so many accusations, so many things happening. This has to stop. There's an anointing available for you. There's a power available for you that you, cannot, you can not grow cold in love, but actually red hot in love. 
that God wants to pour out his spirit upon you, that you, that you lay down your life so that the love of God can fill you and flood you for the sake and the service of others. Wow, that's an incredible thought. What does that mean in practical terms? Church, it doesn't mean you try harder. It doesn't mean you, oh, I'm going to give up more. Oh, I'm going to try. You can't do that on your own. <laughs> He's not talking about you trying harder to die to self. He's talking about you laying down control of yourself. He's talking about you bringing your dominion, your kingdom, under the kingdom of God and saying, God, I yield to you. I trust you. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live a self-controlled life because you are in it. Church, listen to me now. It's not enough to have God in your life. It is time to let God have your life. There's a big difference there. You, God, here's, the, here's your little Sunday part. Here's the little part of my life I give you, God. Oh, no, no, no. That day's over. Now it's time to give God your whole life. This is what this is saying. The power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit helps us to be the witnesses, the martyrs, to die to self so that the life of God can truly live within us. Amen? Isn't that what we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my will, God, your will. Because your will is what gives me life and gives me hope and gives me peace. So we talked about the power uh, of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is to give us power. The anointing is to bring the presence of God, the partnership of God. But there's a third thing that we need to understand. The anointing is so that we fulfill the purposes of God. Wow. We're going to look at a video in just a moment here, and this is from the Alpha Film series about the purpose of the Holy Spirit and the history of the Holy Spirit across the, the ages and why we so desperately need the Holy Spirit. Hang in there. This is going to be about four minutes, and I want you to just watch and let the Spirit of God speak to you. Let's watch that video together. Then God created man and woman in his image and breathed life into them. And God sent His Spirit upon His chosen people to guide them, to give them gifts for a particular time and purpose to fulfill God's work on earth. God sent His Spirit upon a man called Bezalel, giving him the gift of creativity and artistic knowledge to craft and shape precious metals and gems into art, into a house for the Lord. The Spirit of God came upon Gideon, a weak and fearful man, so he became a brave warrior who saved God's people. Samson, who was taken prisoner. God sent his spirit to give him the extraordinary strength to break free from the ropes tied around him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. God filled others with his spirit for prophecy, to be his mouthpiece, bringing direction and hope to his people. The Spirit came upon Isaiah to bring good news of hope. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Upon Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you 
and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Through the prophet Joel, we learn who this promise is for and how it will happen. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God's promise was that he would do something new. Not just for particular people at particular times, for particular tasks, but for everyone, all people, regardless of position, age, gender, ethnicity and race. Then with the birth of Jesus, it was like a trumpet sounded and everyone surrounding the birth of Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, John the Baptist, and then Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form. Full of the Holy Spirit, he began to teach, heal the sick, bring freedom to the captives, to heal the brokenhearted. So often what happens in the Old Testament in a physical way happens in the New Testament in a spiritual way. As Bezalel was given the skill to craft and design the temple, the Holy Spirit always brings new things to our lives. New attitudes, new desires, new ways of worship, new songs. Whatever you do in your workplace, the Spirit of God wants to fill you with skill, ability and creativity. Like Gideon, God uses people who feel weak, inadequate, ill-equipped. As God's Spirit gave Samson physical strength to break free from his bindings, so today the Holy Spirit brings freedom to break the habits, the addictions, the things that keep people spiritually bound. The Counselor, the Helper, the Gift Giver, the Guide. The Holy Spirit softens our hearts. He takes away our hearts of stone and gives us hearts of flesh. The Holy Spirit who helps us to break free from bad habits also harnesses a desire to love others and to help those in need, the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives. The experience of the Holy Spirit is not only about what is felt but also about making a difference in the world. He can use you. Church, what an amazing video. You know, if I can be honest with you, you know, we are anointed by God to be his hands extended, his voice expressed, his love revealed. We have an anointing from the Holy Spirit to accomplish the eternal purposes of God in this world. Now, if I can just be really honest with you, if I can be honest with you, <laughs> you say, well, having been honest so far, no, I've been honest, but I, I'm just pulling your attention for a moment. You know, I, there's times I try to live my life without God. There's times I try to do things on my own. There's, there's times I try to, to, to just, you know, kind of put God on the back burner. And I'm going to tell you, church, when I do that, things start to happen in the wrong way in my life. I, I, I grow short of patience. I, I begin to be selfish rather than selfless with my loved ones. I, I let fear and anger, they start to drive me and lead me and to, to make decisions. And they grip me and they try to, to, to lead me down a road that does not lead me to God and to the goodness of the kingdom of God. But you know, when I wake up and I finally come to my senses and I just spend some time in prayer and I just open up the Bible and I just read, 
you know, something starts to happen in my life, his presence starts to be made manifest in my thinking and in my feelings. I become aware of his presence. His power begins to reveal to me the self-centered ways that I've been thinking and acting, and I begin to yield those things. And then my focus starts to return to the purposes of God, the eternal purposes of God, and that's a beautiful thing. You know that we are called to live out the purposes of God in this world. It's an amazing thing to me. Hallelujah. You know, uh, last Wednesday we were in prayer meeting. I love our prayer meetings at the church during the week. They're just amazing because God often speaks to us about what we're talking about on Sunday. And it was incredible because on Wednesday we actually looked at Jesus' baptism and when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that text to you and as I'm reading it, I want you to think about the parallels to the three things that we've talked about for the anointing today. Let's read it together. This is found in Luke chapter 3. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. I want you to see the three things that we just talked about in that one text. Number one was this. Jesus experienced the presence and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. He experienced the love of God. Did you catch that? The Father said, this is my Son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. That's the same experience that you and I are to have. The second thing I want you to notice is that he was empowered by the Spirit. It said the Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And it was in the form of a dove because there was nothing in Jesus to purify. He was perfectly pure. When we are anointed by the Spirit, it comes in the flame of fire. Why? Because there's things that are still being cleansed in you and I. And that's an incredible thought. I want you to get that. The third thing is... Jesus was then anointed to do the ministry work. Did you catch that? The very last part of the verse said this, that and it, it was after this anointing, after this encounter with God, then he began his ministry to the world. Church, you can't do the things in the kingdom of God without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You just cannot do it. It doesn't work. <laughs> it has no value or eternal consequence. You can do good things without God, but they don't matter in eternity. And I understand what I mean by that. You need the power of the anointing to do things that have eternal consequences. But I wanted to capture one thing in this text that kind of launches us on landing this sermon. And it's this. It said, Jesus was baptized too, and as he was praying, heaven was opened. That's awesome. Church, listen to me. We're all clamoring for restaurants to open, for businesses to open, and I get that, and I understand that, and I, you know, I hear your heart, and I, I agree with you, and I understand it. But do you understand that those things aren't going to truly open and stay open until we open heaven? <laughs> we have to open heaven, and we open heaven through prayer. Did you catch what Jesus did? As he was being baptized, he prayed, and then heaven was opened. Church, God is longing to open heaven over Canada 
and over the nations of the world right now. He is longing to open heaven and he's waiting for the church to stand in this hour and to pray and to say, we are believing with you, God. We are believing that this this disease is going to be completely eradicated, pushed back, all of its results, all of us are trying to control this on our own. God, we're going to yield to you. We're going to trust you. God, we're going to believe that the power of the kingdom of God, heaven is going to invade earth and transform things on this planet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Come on, pastor, preach it. I'm alone in the room, so I'm, I'm just getting excited. I'm getting happy here. Church, listen to me. You've been invited into a 40-day time of prayer and fasting. I was thinking about Doug Fraser's testimony last week. You know, he talked about his 40-day COVID journey. For 40 days, his family was locked down. For 40 days, they went through the struggle of this thing. But how about, how about we just say, you know what? We can invest another 40 days to set all our neighbors free and to set this nation free, to set this province free. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop being angry. Stop being fearful. And let's pour down and tear down the kingdoms of this world with the power of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of darkness needs to bow before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're not standing against anything. We're standing for Canada and for the nations. Hallelujah. And we're standing against this disease and its effects. Join this time of prayer. If you have not signed up, please, I plead with you. Please do it. Wholeheartedly invest in this 40 days. Perseveringly invest. Faithfully invest. Spend time every day for the next 40 days in prayer. Hallelujah. That's my goal. I'm going to pick several days throughout the month and a bit to fast as well, but I'm going to be praying every single day. That's my commitment through this entire time. Amen? We need to stand in the gap, church. We need to stand against the enemy. We need to stand on guard for Canada and for this world. But it starts with a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. It starts with a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to close this service with a prayer. And I, I, I just plead with you now to be open to the Holy Spirit right now. Don't be afraid. He's the spirit of love. He's the spirit of power. He's the spirit of purpose. But you just need to open up your life and your heart to him right now. I'm going to do that right now. And I'm going to believe God to pour out his spirit upon you and upon me and upon this church and upon our entire region, and ap- across Alberta, and across Canada, and then over t- across the entire nations of the world. Church, you are joining in literally with thousands of people who are praying now for the next 40 days. What an incredible thing. Let's believe God for an anointing. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to open your hands, and you can whisper this prayer or pray it out loud with your family. Join together. I'll pray it slowly as we go through this time a prayer and asking God to fill us and to anoint us with his Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I need and desire you in my life. Please open up heaven now and send down your spirit to anoint me. Anoint my pastor. Anoint my church family. And anoint all who call upon the name of the Lord. Anoint me with your presence and fill me with your love. Anoint me with your power 
that enables me to share your story and to be your story in this world. Anoint me to fulfill your purposes in this world that is desperate to find and to fall in love with the God who already loves them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God bless you, church. Let the power of his mercy and grace flood out from you. Have a great week.